Gospels. We're going to go to two places this morning, the book of Jonah, uh, and uh, we'll begin in chapter number three. Jonah chapter number three, find your place there, but also find the book of Nahum, uh, jo- Jonah, Micah, Nahum, order uh, there in your Old Testament, and uh, we'll be taking a look at uh, uh, passage of scripture there uh, in Nahum as well from chapter number three. You don't hear a whole lot of uh, messages uh, today from the book of Nahum uh, or Habakkuk or uh, much of uh, the minor prophets because, uh, 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 to be honest, uh, we, just, we live in a day and time where Christians uh, have very little use uh, for Old Testament scriptures. And, uh, and that's uh, to their shame because there's so much uh, in the Old Testament for us to learn from, to, uh, to apply to our life, and uh, much uh, the old, they say the Old Testament is Christ concealed, the New Testament Christ revealed. Uh, so do spend time uh, in your Old Testament. I know uh, many of you have done, uh, did the 90-day Bible reading challenge, or you, maybe you're reading through the Bible uh, one time this year, and uh, spent, got caught, you spend a lot of time uh, in the Old Testament because there's so much of it. Uh, but just fight the urge to, uh, you know, yada, 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 been there, done that as you read it. Uh, and just really soak it in. Uh, and I'll point out a reason uh, for that here uh, today uh, in just a little bit. But in Jonah chapter number 3, and you can remain seated this morning as we read, we'll begin reading in verse number 1 of Jonah chapter number 3. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh according to the word of the Lord, Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, eight words, eight words were his message, yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, uh, even unto the least of them. And we'll stop reading there. Uh, Jonah, uh, we all know the story of Jonah because we've heard it uh, um, many, many times. And uh, it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Uh, in the, one of the biggest reasons why it's my favorite, one of the favorite books in the Bible is because it really is Jonah uh, writing under inspiration of God uh, about how big of a loser he is, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, uh, he made some huge mistakes uh, and had a bad attitude and prayed one of the most pathetic, sorry prayers in all the Bible, uh, and uh, preached, the, you know, finally went and did what God wanted him to do, and then sat on the side of the mountain waiting for people to die, and when they didn't die, he was mad about that, and uh, wanted to, he wanted to die himself, and, uh, and it just, it just kind of leaves us at the end, uh, the fact that these people were spared and the animals were spared, uh, and this leaves us hanging, but I like it because uh, it's like God uh, in Scripture for all eternity, uh, you know. Uh, it'd be bad enough to be like to go through all of that, and to know what really happened, uh, and then for God to say, write it, and I'm putting it in my book. Uh, and uh, so uh, I, I want to hopefully get a chance to uh, sit with Jonah uh, around some potluck, I guess, in heaven, uh, and uh, just ask him about that uh, and uh, how he felt, perhaps, uh, that uh, that was something. I, say, it was my favorite. He says, he'd probably be embarrassed. And I say, well, that's my favorite book in, in the Bible. Uh, and uh, so I like it for a number of reasons, uh, but uh, that's one of them. But I want to start uh, my message today with telling a little bit of a story, uh, and, uh, and I'm going to tie all of what I read today uh, by way of application into you know, the day that we're living and stuff that we're going through uh, today. Uh, but it's going to fit. I preached a message, I preached from this passage, um, I guess several years ago now, 
Uh, and the question that I posed to the church, and I've preached it elsewhere, was, uh, was the question, who is your Ninevite? Uh, who are the Ninevites in your life? And the crux of that was that, again, this wasn't racism because I believe in one race, but uh, it was from nation to nation, and God, uh, God was very particular about His children, uh, children of Israel, who they were to be with, etc. And, and there was a lot of wars and things. And the Assyrians, uh, the Ninevites, were a wicked, bloody people. Uh, and uh, in their, uh, Jonah didn't like them. I mean, he didn't want them to repent. He had, he had ought against them for a lot of reasons. Uh, mainly was uh, their uh, cruelty and just the brutalism uh, in how that they uh, fought um, they would, be, they would be brought up on war crimes every single day uh, in today's uh, day and age. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't follow um, wartime procedures, and uh, they, they would skin uh, people and, uh, and, and on and on and on. And you can read about, you just look up uh, uh, Nineveh, the history of Nineveh, what they did. Um, Jonah didn't want anything to do with them. Uh, would just as soon they die. Uh, and that's what he wanted. He went up on the side of the hill in chapter number four and waited exactly for that. He preached the message, uh, was mad that they repented, and still um, thought that God uh, was going to kill him uh, and probably wanted that. So I, I said, who is it uh, in your life who is a Ninevite, uh, or where is your Nineveh? Uh, and, uh, and I made application to how that we perhaps as Christians um, would, uh, would think of uh, people uh, places or whatever, and we just as soon uh, God just, uh, you know, take care of all of them, then God do anything positive with them. Are you follow me? Uh, you know, I, I thought about that. I wish, I wish uh, you know, uh, the other day I was thinking, I wish they'd just build a fence around Portland uh, and then don't let any food uh, in uh, and uh, just let them just all fight, fight it all out uh, and, uh, and just get it over with. I have thoughts like that. And, uh, and I know I shouldn't, uh, but you get frustrated. You get frustrated at, uh, that, uh, of everything. Yesterday in, in Seattle, of course, riots there, and, uh, and uh, they destroyed a Starbucks, uh, and, uh, and I just couldn't believe it. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and because it's a, you know, capitalistic and whatever. Uh, and by the way, nobody knows what they're doing, why they're doing it. It's just absolute crazy nonsense, right? Well, we were, uh, Amy and I, we were out for our anniversary the other night, uh, and uh, we decided not to get a dessert from the dessert menu uh, and uh, go to Dairy Queen uh, in Spanaway. Uh, and, uh, and so we drove over there, and as we pulled in, um, there were a number of people in the drive-thru, and uh, a lady in a green truck went into the drive-thru kind of the wrong direction. You know, you can't make that corner. It's hard to get, you know, it's, it's designed to go the other way. So she gets in line uh, that way, and I decide, well, uh, and I do this, that place like Starbucks, when they put the, make the line in the wrong place, I'm going to fix it. So, so I'll go over to where the line's supposed to be, and then hopefully people will follow me. And so I decide that's what I'm going to do. So I, I go around the road a little bit, and I come back in the parking lot. And as I did that, uh, an SUV pulled in behind her. Uh, and so I get in there, and so then as we're parked there, the line begins to form uh, behind those cars in the wrong place. Well, uh, we know that we were there, and, and, uh, and I assume that the vehicle that pulled in also knew that we were there. And so when it came our turn, we went in the line, but the guy kept kind of pushing up like he wasn't going to let, uh, let us in. I'm like, I'm going to get in. So I got in. 
And I, and I ordered her a s'mores blizzard, and, and, uh, and I got me a whatever cheesecake, New York cheesecake. And Amy's like, that guy's getting out of his car. And so I'm like, whatever, you know. So we started moving. He has to get back in his car so, so uh, that he could order. So we get our order in, and, and sure, um, so I reached down in my glove, you know, I thought I had a gun in there. Uh, and I uh, didn't have a gun in there. I usually do. Uh, and, uh, and so she's like, what are you looking for? And I said, like, I'm looking for my gun. Uh, and, uh, and so then she's like, he's getting out of his car. And uh, so I got my window rolled down. And so this guy comes over and uh, just starts reading us the right. He says, I got a problem with what you did. And he goes, and here's, here's what it went. He says, I'm a black man in America just trying not to get shot. And, and I said, well, you better get in your car then. Uh, and uh, that's why I told him. And uh, uh, I, I just say that, you better get in your car. But here's the thing. He didn't want to hear anything that I had to say. Like, we were there, and you know that, whatever. Uh, and he's like, you, you let those other cars. He basically was saying, I let the, the two other cars in front of me that were in line. I'll let them go first because they were there first. And the only reason I cut in front of him was because he was a black man. And I said, sir, you know, whatever. And he says, and I've been there. I said, thank you for your service. And just on and on and on. And would not let me explain what was going on or why we got in line or anything else. And turned us just having a good time uh, and wanting to get us a blizzard before we get home uh, into some type of racial confrontation uh, in the drive-in at Dairy Queen. And I'm just to be honest with you. Uh, if my wife wasn't with me, I'd probably, you probably, I wouldn't be preaching today. I'd, I'd be sitting in uh, King County Jail if they keep it open. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and that's probably where I would be. And so, but, but I'm just like, I was so frustrated that, that, that people are so ignorant and, and so out for, and, and just tired of it. And you've probably felt like you're just so done. You're done with it. Uh, and uh, and you just you just sometimes you just don't want to deal with people because because of you can't convince anybody perception is king uh, and you just you know that's just what it is and I'm telling that story to illustrate where I in my heart and spirit was at that moment uh, I, it was it wasn't I didn't have a heart of love uh, for that individual I was frustrated uh, at the whole thing it's like you you know. You're going to get out of your car and confront somebody over something silly. And that, by the way, is a way you get shot. Uh, and uh, it is, are those types of, of interactions. And, uh, and so we got up and uh, I paid for his meal and stuff. It was way more than what we were getting. Uh, and, uh, and Amy's like, he's just going to tell them that was me making up for budging in line. Uh, and I'm like, I don't even really care. Uh, and, and so I was, I was not doing it because I loved him. I was hump, lumping uh, coals of fire upon his head uh, and uh, feeding my enemy and, and giving him something to drink. And uh, I'm just saying is that we get to the place where in our spirit, um, we're just done with things or we're done with people and we just don't want to do it anymore. And that's a little bit like how Jonah, he was so done uh, with what God wanted him to do that he, Tarshish, uh, Tarshish at that time uh, it was one of the furthest places that you could go away from where he needed to be. Uh, and, uh, and we, and there's a part of me, it's kind of like, I just want to cocoon up and just wait for it all to be over. I don't want to, I want to tell people stuff uh, and, and give them a piece of my mind and tell them what I think they need to hear. Are you following me? Uh, because you just can't put up with it any longer. 
Uh, and, uh, and you're going to see where I'm going with that here uh, in, uh, in a second. So he uh, goes, we say, goes to Whale University. Uh, and, uh, and we know this story gets spit up. Uh, the word of the Lord came unto him the second time, as we read in chapter number two. And he goes to this city and he preaches and they all repent. And he's bummed out about it. Uh, and because uh, he, didn't, he, didn't he didn't want that to happen. Uh, Jonah hated Nineveh. Uh, Jonah hated Ninevites. Uh, and, uh, and he just as soon the world be rid of them. Uh, and, uh, but God had a different plan. If you're with me, say amen. amen. Turn to Nahum in chapter number 3. Um, here's uh, another passage that tells us quite a bit uh, about uh, Nineveh. In fact, uh, in uh, my Bible, uh, the little subtitle under chapter number 3, it says, The Miserable Ruin of Nineveh. And you can read the book of Micah uh, and, uh, and see some things that Micah the prophet says about Nineveh. Uh, and uh, this place was a bloody city. The Bible says in verse 1, Woe to the bloody city is full of lies and robbery and pray uh, departeth not. It was full of death. Uh, and uh, I had a list of things. In fact, I, uh, I typed a bunch of them out where I looked up, uh, this, I, I titled, uh, typed into Google, Sins of Nineveh, uh, and then it popped up some history, Wikipedia history, you can't really always trust that, and some other things, and it just listed out uh, some of the history where it was written of the things that they had done, and how they like, you know, stacked up dead bodies, or had people on pillars, uh, and uh, I mentioned how Nero used to uh, light Christians up, and light them on fire, and use their, um, uh, their flaming bodies to to light up his garden. A lot of similar things are what the Assyrians did to people uh, and, uh, and skinning people in on and on and on. It was just uh, really a, a list of, of horrible, horrible things that they uh, documented in their own history and were proud of. This is what we did to these. He would take, uh, at one point, uh, I can't remember which king it was of Assyria, but he took three kings that they had conquered uh, and he tied them up to the front of his chariot and made those and whipped those three kings, made those three kings pull his chariot around uh, before, he, before he killed them. I could go on and on and on and on and on. They were a bloody, bloody people. Uh, they were full of lies. They would defraud. There's there robbery. Uh, when it says the prey departeth not meant to the Ninevites, I mean, everybody was prey. Uh, there were, everyone was, if you were a Nineveh, you were a victim in some way or another. It was a, it was a bloody, now, uh, not in their defense, but at that time, uh, they were a premier city uh, in a lot of ways because of, of commerce and et cetera. Uh, so the writing of Nahum, as he's writing this, uh, he's, he's, he's basically talking about the judgment that's going to come uh, to them. But they were a, uh, a, a city that was a thriving, a thriving city. Uh, in verse number four, uh, we see their doctrine uh, and their depravity says, because of the multitude of whoredoms of the well-favored harlot and the mistress of witchcrafts that selleth nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcrafts. Now, uh, remember, as we read in Jonah uh, in chapter number two, uh, where he, uh, he's preaching again, and, uh, or chapter three, uh, and uh, in chapter number three, where the Bible says, he preaches the message and he says that Nineveh is going to uh, be overcome. Um, the word overcome there uh, is tied into the same type of language where we see uh, God 
saying Sodom and Gomorrah were going to be judged. It had the same connotation. When he preached that message, it wasn't like judgment is, you know, bad things are going to happen. It was like, um, Nineveh, you are done. It was, it was fire and brimstone time, uh, and that was the crux. So when he, when he preached that eight-word message, they understood uh, that this wasn't like some king is going to come in uh, and conquer us. This is the God of heaven is going to judge us, and we're all going to die. That was they, that's how they understood it. Uh, this uh, Nineveh was filled with whoredoms and harlots and witchcraft, uh, full of depravity. They elevated uh, the, uh, all of that in their society. The uh, Bible says in verse number 11 of Nahum chapter number 3, Thou hast, shalt be drunken, thou shalt be hid. Uh, they were their drunkenness, and, uh, and, but they multiplied. Verse number 16, Thou hast multiplied thy merchants above the stars of heaven. The canker worm spoileth and fleeth away. Uh, and, uh, and probably one of the more, I guess, marked things for me in chapter number 3 is verse number 18, uh, where it says, Thy shepherds slumber. Now, uh, if you remember back in uh, 2016 and everybody was arguing over you know, voting and on and on and on, and uh, Christians would, would, would hope for uh, in a president some virtue. Uh, and uh, we as Christians believe in the scripture. And, uh, and, uh, and when I vote, I, I honestly am looking at who agrees more with the Bible uh, in their positions than anything. Uh, and one of the things that people would fight over and say to one another was, we're voting for a president, not a pastor. They say, we're voting for a president. And I understood what they're saying. Uh, but uh, when you go to the Old Testament and you look up shepherds and pastors, those were leaders. Uh, not, not pastors like a pastor of a local church. When it says here in verse number 18 that thy shepherds slumber, it's not their pastors, uh, their, their, their priests that they're talking about, it's their rulers. They were doing nothing. Uh, all this debauchery was taking place and the leadership that was there, their shepherds were sleeping, their leaders, their rulers, that's the, the word when you look up the word shepherd, uh, they weren't doing anything about it. Uh, and don't you feel just like that right now? Uh, where, where, where leadership just, it just doesn't do anything uh, when it comes to all the things that are going on. We live uh, in the most, uh, in Washington State, in the Seattle-Tacoma area, uh, probably one of the most enlightened, uh, diverse, uh, rainbows and butterflies area uh, in all of the world, really. Um, when you look at our leadership, most of our leadership uh, are, uh, are minority-led um, and culturally diverse in every way uh, that you can imagine. Every time someone comes up to a news conference, uh, it's, it's like, a, it's like a, um, uh, a, a super illustration of, of diversity. That's where we live. Uh, and uh, there's nothing to be said about, um, really, our area is, is the example of that type of leadership um, taking its course. Are you following me? And, uh, but then all of a sudden stuff, you know, on fire or whatever, and just nobody does anything. You look in Portland and, uh, and, uh, and just 50 some days and just things burn to ground and nobody does. And then when somebody, you know, uh, does something, then there's a problem. Shepherds are slumbering. They're sleeping. Uh, in, in Nineveh, uh, and uh, we could say by way of application that that's the case uh, where we are today in, in our society. 
All that to say that, that Nineveh uh, was a pretty wicked, sick, um, defiled place uh, that, uh, that God uh, says, uh, and if you were to read verse, like verse 2 of chapter number 3, the noise of a whip and the noise of rattling, uh, all the way through here is, you're a mess and I'm going to take you out. That's what God was saying. This is what you're doing and I ain't having it. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and there was this pending judgment that was there. Now back to Jonah uh, in chapter number 2. I'm just saying, Jonah, Jonah had a problem with Nineveh. God had a problem with Nineveh because of all the sin and the wickedness uh, that had prevailed there. Uh, and, uh, but the first point that I want you to understand this morning about these passages of Scripture, and particularly in Jonah, uh, is that God had a man, he had a prophet uh, that he had called uh, to do something in particular, and that was to preach a message of repentance to uh, the people of Nineveh. But what I read a moment ago, and this is the big takeaway uh, that I want you to get today, is what I read about Nineveh in Nahum chapter number 3 was 150 years after Jonah. 150 years after Jonah. Uh, in about 612, 613, whatever it was, uh, B.C., the, uh, they were conquered by a conglomerate of Babylonians and, and different people that were there. Uh, and Nineveh was destroyed uh, 150 years uh, after they repented uh, in the book of Jonah. Uh, what, hap- what took place in, in their repentance uh, a whole generation, we read uh, the number of them, six score thousand persons that repented, 120,000 people that came to know the Lord 150 years before Nineveh was destroyed, uh, that took place. But could you imagine for just a second what Jonah would have thought if Jonah would have known that after he went through what he went through and preached what he preached, that that city was just going to go back to the way it always was uh, and to slip off into, into vile wickedness uh, like they're worse than it ever had been to where God himself said it's enough uh, and then destroyed it. Not just, not just like there were, a lot of, there were a lot of societies back then uh, that... Uh, like take, take Babylon uh, for uh, an example. Uh, the Babylon changed hands uh, from different nations and kings and whatever in wars, but Babylon stood. Uh, there, but, but Nineveh uh, was leveled. Uh, God just destroyed it. Uh, and it's really modern day like Mosul uh, in Iraq. That's kind of the area in where this, they've, they've discovered ruins and, and whatnot, uh, but God destroyed it. Uh, and, uh, but um, if, if I was Jonah and could see in the future, here's what I would have said. These people are never going to change. They're, they're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach this message uh, and uh, but they're they're always going to be the same. And he would have he'd kind of have an argument uh, if he could look into uh, uh, you know uh, a crystal ball or whatever uh, and see that 150 years later that God's going to get so sick of Nineveh uh, that He's going to destroy it, uh, and uh, it would have fed into um, Jonah's apprehension uh, to go and to preach to those people. But here's the here's the point. God had a message. And by the way, 
uh, it wasn't Jonah's message, it was God's message. It was God's message to those people, and God had a plan uh, that, that, that didn't involve Jonah beyond what God had placed him uh, on the earth to do, I guess, at this time. Now, when I say it was God's message, look back into verse number four, uh, four, or, uh, yeah, verse number four of Jonah chapter number three. He goes into the city three days, and people believe it was like Nineveh, Nineveh proper. Uh, with several of the, of the neighboring kind of cities that were there. Uh, and he gets a day in, he's preaching, uh, and he's preaching an eight-word message. Uh, and, and I guarantee you, the eight words that he spoke in that message were not the words that he wanted to tell the Ninevites. Uh, he probably wanted to uh, remind them of how, of how uh, uh, ignorant they are and remind them of how wicked they are. Uh, and, and, uh, and that they deserved everything that they got. Uh, you know, I was watching the protests last night in Seattle and the different things, and, and it just it drives me absolutely batty, but I just, it's like a train wreck. I can't not watch it. <laughs> and, uh, and so they're live news, this or that, and it's like, in my mind, it's like, um, they just ought to just unload on them. And just, and just go out there, you're going to take away their, their uh, you know, uh, all the things they can use to, uh, to combat crowds or whatever, uh, and, uh, and they got them big clubs, I'm like, whack-a-mole, uh, and, uh, and, and that's all I can picture in my mind, just l- cut them loose and, and do that. And by the way, uh, um, it was just, it's just amazing to watch, but that's what, I, that's what, I'm, this is what I want to say to them. I want to tell them that they make no sense. I want to tell them, uh, and on and on. I mean, I got a list of stuff that I want to tell them, uh, but, but that's not the message that God wants us to tell them. God has a message, uh, and that message, obviously, is the gospel. Uh, we're to tell people. We've, we've said it since the beginning of this, all this stuff. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's not skin, it's sin, uh, and, uh, and that the answer is Jesus, uh, and, uh, and, and on and on and on. Uh, and uh, we've been, we've been uh, being part of uh, everything that's going on. Uh, we've taken our positions, whatever, uh, about, uh, about all of that and, or the coronavirus and we're doing what we want to do and, uh, and we've got all these opinions and whatever. We know the answer is Jesus. Uh, and, uh, but from, uh, from uh, February to March, how many people have gotten saved as a result of our witness? I can't, I don't really, I can't remember any. Huh? One, one, one person got saved uh, in, in, uh, after a service here. One person. We have the truth, we have the answer, we have the message that God, and he's called us as the local church to proclaim the gospel and bring the gospel to everyone. And so he has a, a prophet, if you will, by way of illustration, a people who is called to give his message. And his message isn't our message. Our message is a message of frustration and anger. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, I think you can't, you can't hit somebody hard enough to knock that level of stupid out of them. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, and, uh, and every time I think it, for a moment it makes me feel better. Uh, but then beyond that, that moment, it brings conviction because that's not what they need. They need the Lord. And we all know that. But do you think that motivates us? You know what I appreciate? I mean, they might not be our... Uh, I was watching uh, some uh, videos of some people that were soul winning and stuff. 
uh, in, uh, in Seattle and, uh, and, uh, and doing things that maybe, maybe we wouldn't do or they might believe uh, some things uh, that we wouldn't believe, but they're there sharing the gospel with people. And, uh, and as much as I would disagree with their doctrine, um, I'm like, at least they're there, right? At least they're there sharing the gospel with people. And, of course, they, some of them were thrown out and whatever of chop and, and, and all that kind of nonsense. And, uh, and it's not received. I mean, people get in your face and bark. One guy was preaching and, uh, and uh, a man was in his face screaming at him, starts kissing him on his face and, uh, and assaulting him and things. And so there's all kinds of... But, you know, they're there. I appreciate the fact that they believe that Jesus is the answer. And so then they decide they're going to give the answer to people. Jonah preached, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And then he'd move up the street, and he'd say, uh, yet 40 days, uh, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Yet 40, and you know what he probably saw was one of his kinfolks, one of his people, uh, there's an Israelite uh, on a post, rotting, uh, because the Ninevites placed them there as a trophy. Like, like, like you'd go into, uh, you know, someone's house and they got a bunch of uh, uh, bucks that they've mounted and whatever on the wall. I mean, it was nasty stuff like that. And he would see it uh, and he'd say, yet, uh, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Can you imagine? I would imagine he wanted to say a whole lot of other things to those people. But he didn't. He stuck to God's message. Uh, and then God saved a bunch of people and they trusted him. They repented. I mean, he preached eight words in verse five. Here's the response. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even unto the least of them. And the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, Taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let, every, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent uh, and turn away his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he said that he would do unto them and he did it not. Eight words. Had, had nothing to do with war, had nothing to do with, uh, with politics. It didn't have anything to do with his feelings. He didn't say, you know what, Ninevites, I don't want to be here and you don't want me to be here. But God said uh, uh, that he's going to do this. He didn't even do that. I mean, that's probably what I would do. I would have been kicking, screaming the whole way. You don't want to hear this and I don't want to tell you. Isn't that sometimes how we sow in? I'm about to tell you something you're not going to like to hear, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And we're not, it's not giving them a warning. It's like a disclaimer for ourselves uh, to make them feel better about the message we're about to give them. He just said, uh, 40 days, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. God's message, not Jonah's message. I'm preaching to myself today, if you don't realize it. All the things I want to say to people, I need to not say them. 
when, when I, I'm going to try the best that I can, I'm human and I'm not, I'm not perfect, uh, but when, when, my, when all of a sudden that uh, I get the, uh, the, the flutter in my stomach and, uh, and uh, it's, you know, the whatever, and, and I realize that I'm about to enter into a crucial conversation with someone at the line of Dairy, at Dairy Queen, uh, you know what I should have just done is grab the gospel track from the middle of my console, oh, in my door, the gun's in the middle, uh, in my door, and pull out a gospel track and said, you know, I'm, sir, I'm sorry I budged in line, sir. Uh, I'm a pastor. I'd like to invite you to my church. I didn't have to be right. Didn't have to, I didn't necessarily have to fight with him about, about the whole thing or explain to him why he was wrong and I'm, and I'm right. And, uh, and on. I could have just simply uh, understood the Bible say that a soft answer turns away wrath. Just say, hey. Sorry, I cut in line. Let me buy your dinner for you. Invite you to our church. Thank you for your service, sir. I apologize. I didn't budge, and I wanted to make sure he understood and knew that, but he wasn't having it. I'm just saying what I want to tell him isn't what I need to tell him. I need to tell him uh, that Jesus loves you, uh, and, uh, and I love you. Here's a track. Let me buy you some ice cream. But that's not what we do. It's not what I do. By, by nature, it, it, it's just we don't, we don't look at people with the compassion that we need to look at them. I'm not talking about, you know, your beliefs and your opinions or whatever. It's just that if we really believe that the answer is Jesus, then why are we not telling people that? We've been coronavirusing now for months. We've been, we've been putting up with all this craziness in, in, in that's going on for a long time. And, uh, but when's, when, when have you took the message that God gave you to give to people and then, get, then gave it to them? But think about all the times that, you've, that you just, I just can't help myself, I have to say something. That, that list is pretty long. You've, you've, done, you've done that with your coworkers. You've done that with church members. You've done that with your family. Uh, and, uh, and there's all sorts of people uh, that aren't getting along. Uh, we're going to go and have a family reunion in Wisconsin. And I'm, I've already told people, these topics are off limits. Because if we talk about them, we're not going to have a fun time. And I don't want to have to practice this. <laughs> I'm going to be like, you know, uh, it's like, how can you even think that or whatever? And because that's that's just naturally how we go. Uh, but uh, and I'm not talking about being condescension, like looking at every single person like, oh, they're so sorry. They just need Jesus. And if they had, you know, if they had Jesus uh, in their life, then they would be like me and they wouldn't think that way and whatever, like 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 you're snooty and condescending. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about looking, you know, looking in that, at them different, uh, at least obeying God. Uh, and uh, Jonah, as messed up as he was, uh, he went in there and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh, Nineveh shall be overthrown. Yet 40 days. Uh, and, uh, and he zipped the rest of it. Uh, and, uh, and, he, and he did what God called him to do. Uh, and, uh, and then he went over. The, now we know, we know. Um, that good thing that he did didn't last very long. Because he goes over on the side and builds a gourd and all, all the story that we read about in chapter number four. Uh, and uh, and I, don't really, I don't really know that, that my efforts to lead a person to Christ or two people to Christ is going to change the, the local politics of the greater Tacoma, uh, you know, Seattle area. 
Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure that if, if, if I go uh, and spend a month uh, and uh, in, 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 in going around uh, the city of Seattle and sharing the gospel uh, that, uh, that a revival is going to break out in Seattle and, uh, and thousands and thousands of people are going to come to Christ. Uh, I, I don't know any of that. But the point is, we're not responsible for it. Because God had a prophet and he had a proclamation and he had a plan. Uh, and, uh, and, and really, if, if you knew that the people you led to Christ or the people that you shared the gospel with or whatever, uh, and, uh, and you knew that five years from now or 10 years from now or 20 years from now that they'll have forsaken uh, or that, that maybe they had their kids in, uh, they brought their kids into church uh, and then, and then they're there for a little while and people kind of fizzle out. I mean, I've seen scores and scores and scores of that in my life as a pastor, but it cannot stop me from, from preaching the message that God wants me to preach. I'm not responsible for what happens. I'm just not. I want to be. I want to, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, sometimes people tell me I am, or, uh, but I'm just really not. Jonah preached. 120,000 people uh, um, believed in God. God didn't wipe them out. But 150 years later, he did. Um, and, uh, and so we can say America is not in Scripture and prophecy and on and on and on. And we can use every excuse under the sun uh, to just sit back and then watch everything, just whatever, and just bide our time and say, all right, you know, just uh, 100 more sleeps or a uh, uh, couple years of sleeps and I'm going to be in heaven and it's all going to be over. Want to pull the covers up over and just wake me up, wake me up uh, after November. Uh, and that's what we want to take uh, as our position. But here's the, here, here's the challenge. God has a message. He's called us to deliver it. And that's the message we need to be telling people. Jesus loves you and he wants to save you. Preaching the gospel to him. Yes, preaching against sin, calling those things out but doing so with a heart and love of compassion for people uh, and, uh, and, and taking, uh, taking the frustration and everything that we have in that. Uh, and just all I'm just saying is that when you, want to, when you want to give somebody a piece of your mind, I just want you to think about Jonah just for a second. Just remind you, I'm sure, remind yourself, I'm sure Jonah um, probably felt the same way that I feel right now. But what did he do? He gave them God's message, not his message. And then just do that. It's like you can just be boiling, blood pressure, just hitting the top, and you're just, you're just done with this person. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and what, but you just remind yourself, and you just say, you know what? Um, thank you for the conversation. I love you. God loves you. Here's a gospel track. Would you read this? Uh, and, then, and then just go away because you don't got to win. You don't have to come out on top in whatever that confrontation is. You just don't, you just don't have to. And I guarantee you, uh, you'll feel better doing that than when in any conversation you have with somebody you disagree with. And uh, so I, I, I'm here confessing my sin to you, my sin at Dairy Queen. And uh, I, I, I fought the urge that night to just vent it all out on social media. Because the only thing I wanted to do was to show the whole world how, how wrong that man was about the situation and about me. Uh, and, uh, but that's, 
No, he needs that. And, uh, and so, you know, I don't know if he's a regular uh, at Dairy Queen. Uh, I'm not going to go there and sit there every day and eat blizzards till I see him again. Um, but if I see him again, I know his car. I know what he looks like. I'm, I'm sure he's, I'm vividly planted in his mind. Uh, and in fact, you know, he might be, he might be telling this, the same story. Some racist guy pulled in front of me at Dairy Queen, let all the white people go and budge right in front of me. Because that was his takeaway. But that's not what it was. But he needs the Lord. And so I'm, I'm invoking Jonah <laughs> in his message uh, into my own life. Uh, and uh, and uh, you say, oh, great, you're not going to be fun to fight with. Every time I want to fight with you, you're going to tell me Jesus loves me. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll fight with you. I'll fight with you guys. <laughs> and, uh, uh, just not with uh, some of the lost people that uh, I come in contact with. I'm kidding. Um, we just need to respond in an appropriate way. And then I really want you to think about the fact that you've not done that. Some of you haven't done it at all. Some of, you, some of you haven't told anybody about Jesus, you know, pre, pre-lockdown for years. And it doesn't matter if it's a natural disaster, if it's a, if it's a terrorist attack, uh, if, it's, if it's COVID, uh, if it's, if it's uh, George Floyd stuff. It doesn't matter what stimulus is out there. You know the answer is Jesus, but there's not been one of them that has, caused, that has been, you know, I don't know, enough to drive you to actually share the gospel with someone. And I think that's sad. And uh, it convicts me, and I hope it convicts you. And I hope that we do better about it um, uh, today and tomorrow. Let's all stand uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And